This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Daily Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Stacey Mitchell, registered dietitian and personal trainer. I am so happy to have you here. My goal for this podcast is to break down the latest health topics and help clear the clutter in the messy world of nutrition and fitness. We hope to inspire, educate, and entertain all things wellness. We cut the baloney of the food shaming and focus on making healthy habits that work for you. Join us as we talk with experts in their fields on how to feel our best in our own body and mind. Relax and realize that it's like not that big of a deal uh, and that you can have a great family dinner even if your toddler doesn't eat anything. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am thrilled to share today's episode with you. Oh my goodness. I was incredibly lucky to get to talk with Amy from Yummy Toddler Food. I have seen her work on Pinterest and then I saw her on Hello Iowa, a local lifestyle TV show, which I've also been a part of. And I thought how cool it would be to talk to a local cookbook author and blogger. And then I read her bio and thought, whoa, she's big stuff. Amy is a professional food blogger, recipe developer, cookbook author, writer, and does everything perfect. She has three young kiddos and offers reassurance, encouragement, and simple recipes and tips that make feeding a family more manageable. Her resume is pretty impressive. Over the past decade and a half, she has worked in media with a variety of jobs, including the Lifestyles Director of Family Fun Magazine, Food Editor with Better Homes and Garden, Deputy Editor of Ready Made Magazine, and Contributing Editor to all Recipes magazine. Her work has appeared in All You, Better Homes and Gardens, BHG.com, Bon Appetit, Delicious Living, DIY Magazine, HGTV, The Kitchen, Momtastic, Motherly, Parents, Parents.com, Real Simple, Super Healthy Kids, Rachel Ray Magazine, The Wall Street Journal, Wellmark, The Honest Company, and more. See, I told you she was impressive. And she has been on many other well-known podcasts and was even quoted on people.com talking about family dinners and how to make them work when they really aren't going so well. She has a massive following on social media and really helps parents keep food simple while providing wholesome ingredients. She is such a genuine and likable gal and keeps things real while not sweating the small stuff. I am fascinated with her story as she shares all things blogging, recipe development, cookbook projects, being a mom, and fitting it all in. You will love this conversation. I was like, oh my goodness, you're, you're, you're big stuff. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think having, um, I mean, I come from the magazine world, so I've yes. been like around in media for a while, so. That's awesome. So how did you get started within the magazine world? Um, so that was, so I worked in magazines for over 10 years. Okay. Um, so I lived in New York and worked in magazines and then they all kept closing. And so um, 
I just, you know, it was like I had to figure out another way. So, yeah, when I was at my last job, uh, my last magazine job, I had had the website for a few years, but I didn't really know what I was doing. And it was very clear to me that I didn't know what I was doing and that I needed to figure out how to be a blogger because, um, or I needed to just stop trying. So I, so I figured out how to do it. I learned all the stuff. Well, most of the stuff, it is an ongoing process. Um, and then like after, I think like six months after that last job went away, um, this became my full-time job. So wow. pretty much, I sometimes write for other sites now, but pretty, I don't do it often. Yeah, you have plenty on your plate or on, yeah. on plate anyway. So yeah, literally. So yeah. <laughs> will you introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, my name is Amy Plangian. I am the creator of Yummy Toddler Food, and I share easy recipes for families with little kids and also realistic feeding advice. So things like, why is my toddler not eating dinner? Um, <laughs> does my toddler need to move to a booster seat now? How can I make their food easier to chew? I um, Last year, I wrote a kid's cookbook called Busy Little Hands Food Play. And that is for specifically for preschoolers and like, so it's an intro to cooking. So it's all actually no cook assembly only. So it's a way to sort of gain confidence, explore foods with like zero pressure. So. And that mom can, moms or parents, I should say, can feel good about having their kids make where it's not safety wise yeah. and easy to do and taste good as well. That's the goal. <laughs> you have taste testers yourself, so I'm sure you good little eaters there. <laughs> we have a lot of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I love your realness, and I think that's why you're so popular, too, because your genuineness and making things simple and healthy really comes through on the screen. Yeah, and I try not to guarantee anything because I live with three small children, and so I know... That just because someone says that something is like, quote unquote, kid friendly, doesn't necessarily mean that your kid's going to like it. <laughs> so, um, you know, I try I try to be uh, down to earth with the recommendations. Um, how long have you had your website? So the website has been around since my oldest, who is almost nine. She was almost two, I believe. Um but I did it like sort of badly for the first, <laughs> for the first like six years and then uh, learned how to do it correctly. So like in its current form, it has been a business for um, almost two and a half years. Wow. Fantastic. No, it's three years. Three years. Three years. Three years. Yeah. It like corresponds to um, one of my kids' birthdays. So I try to think about like when the time of the year where he was born. Right. That's like myself too. On what stage of life was it? What kid was I pregnant with? And, yeah. and so on. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, um, can you just give a little brief history before Yummy Toddler Food? So before Yummy Toddler Food, I worked as a magazine editor. So I started my career in New York um, and I worked as a lifestyle editor. I worked as a home editor, like managing how like shoots of people's houses. I did like 
giant Thanksgiving stories where like, this was like back in the day where magazines had like big budgets where we would like fly a crew to Napa and like make a crazy chandelier in a tree and like have a full Thanksgiving dinner, not on Thanksgiving, um, which was really fun. <laughs> but then the magazine industry had, um, it just constricted and condensed and a lot of magazines were closed all the ones I worked for were closed. And so, uh, so I freelanced in between. And then as there are less magazines, there are less places to freelance. And so at a certain point, it just became clear to me that that was not going to be a viable career path. And I really wanted to not be subject to the whims of some publishing executive who was just going to decide one day to close the magazine down. So I made a plan while I had my last job. I knew it was going to be closed because I could see, I knew the signs by that point. And so I got the website um, into working order and I knew sort of took the steps to make it into a business. So it was a, it was a process. It was not overnight. It's been like a fairly long um, road, but it's been, it's been nice to have it be on my own and it's very flexible and I'm, my own worst critic, I think. So, um, which I think is a blessing and a curse. So, that's why it's so good, too. I mean, you're probably a perfectionist in detail I'm, from food to photos and all the above. Yeah, it's a, I think a lot of people don't realize how much work there is on the back end of a website, like not even the technical stuff, which I don't handle myself. Um, but just the like the maintenance of blog posts and the structure of blog posts is all of that stuff is always changing. And so it's like one year Google will want one thing and then they change it. And then you have to go back into like all of your posts and update them. And so it's like this constant, <laughs> it's like if you had a book and every few months you had to edit it. <laughs> so it's, it's a good like, I like it because I'm always able to improve on my content, but there's never a point at which you're done. Um, it is all, there is always something to do. And I, I don't think that the general population has any understanding of like all of that. Um, you know, someone, I recently told someone that on Instagram, they were like, that video doesn't look like your style. And I said, I've started hiring. I have a team who now does a few videos for me a month because I can't like, like, A, I don't know how to make real food videos. And B, um, I'm like hitting my bandwidth. And she was like surprised. It's like, I just don't think you understand. Not that it's a bad thing. It's just like, as your business grows, you have to bring more people on so that you're not trying to do like 50,000 things a day, which has taken me a while, um, a while to be okay with because it is like, I think as a type A person, I don't, I like delegating if I like trust the person completely, but it is very hard to find those people. But I do have an amazing assistant now and I love her to death. So wow, yeah. good for you. So that's been a good thing. Yay. Yeah. Definitely need a team for sure. Um, but yesterday I did like, I think four little video reels and it was like five hours later. You know, I mean. Yeah, yeah, I know. With all the prep and it's the amazing. pictures and, and that was just not even the writing part. That was just the video, picture, editing, 
processing all right. that stuff. So yeah, I get it. And yeah, and because every platform has its own image dimensions and like you can't just do it <laughs> like it's not as simple as like taking a picture and then like putting it everywhere, which it used to be. Um, but it's not that simple anymore. Right. Um so what this probably is maybe a bad question, but what does a typical day look like for you? Or what's on Amy's to-do list? So, <laughs> um, so my, so like the structure of my day is generally the same. So I get up at five and I work for an hour and a half. None of my children are allowed to leave their rooms until six thirty. They're all very early risers. Um, so I work for an hour and a half. Well, like the first half hour, I'm usually not quite awake. So it's maybe an hour of working. And then, we have breakfast, we get ready for school, uh, which is coming to a close. And then we have a babysitter in the morning from eight to noon. And so I work out some days and I work until noon. And then um, right now we're at the tail end of preschool. So we've usually been like hustling to get our four-year-old to finish her lunch and then out the door to preschool with a two-year-old until like that is not my favorite time of the day. Whoever invented afternoon preschool, like clearly never had an after, like a preschooler in the afternoon. Like it was a bad transition time. <laughs> and then the two-year-old goes down for a nap. I work more. Um, and then now my husband is home because he's a professor. So he'll take like the afternoon shift. So it's, I haven't had full-time childcare since last March because our child center, our care, child care center, the capacity was cut in half. And so we lost our spot. So it has been a challenge, especially with shooting recipes. And that's partly why I'm not doing all my video myself. Cause I just don't have like the uninterrupted time. Like before I could like have a day where I would shoot like five recipes all together. And then my kitchen would be a mess one day. But now it's like, I do one here and there where I can during nap time. So I don't love this schedule. Um, I mean, I love my kids, of course, but it would obviously be easier if they weren't here <laughs> as much as they are. Um, so I think it will get back to that like normal that we had before in August because uh, we'll have two kids in school all day and then the little one will be back at daycare. So that'll hopefully that's the way that it goes. Good. There's a light so, at the end of the tunnel for yeah. you. It sounds like, yeah, yeah. and you do a great yeah. job of incorporating your kids, whether it's mixing some items and using that uh, for social media, which always people love to see you just making it mm -hmm. work. Yeah. It's been a little tricky with like boundaries of how much do you share like personally, but my kids are always, especially the two little ones that they are like literally almost always with me in the kitchen. And so I just was like, if, if I'm going to do something, they're going to be here. <laughs> um, so I don't shoot. I try not to shoot um, my photos for the website with them around because they like push the table that I have stuff on and like backdrops fall over. And, but when we're actually making something in the kitchen, they really like being involved. And so they are, they're there. <laughs> I love it. So when you first started this, you said your daughter was two. So new mom, how did you pick this niche? So I often say that like looking back, I don't know that I would have been so specific because <laughs> it is very specific. 
but it did unintentionally um, work out as far as the way my business has grown because there aren't, it's not like there's a lot of people doing this. Um, and so as far as like an SEO perspective, it has been helpful, but I, that so my like brand authority is in this specific age, age group. But, and I think it has been an evolution of my understanding of my own brand to think about what it means when you have a little person in your family and what types of recipes you want to be cooking. And I really want families to be eating the same recipes mostly because it's easier and it's um, less expensive and it's less work. And so my, I really think about other than like specific baby food purees or like baby food recipes, I try to make recipes that everybody would want, especially because if you make something for a toddler, they may or may not like it, but you might like it. And so if I make a banana bread, like I want to like it just as much as my, my two-year-old um, or like zucchini pancakes. Like I don't want them to be, I don't even know how you would make a zucchini pancake that like only a two-year-old would like, but like, I, I don't want it to be separate. Um, but a lot of people still do want recipes that they just make for their kids. So it's like a balancing act of how I want people to act <laughs> because I think it would be easier. Um, and, and like the reality of how people actually cook. So it's, it's kind of a, it's an interesting, an interesting um, balancing act. Well, you're giving them recipes they can use to start as toddlers and then just carry on through through the child. Right, right, yeah. right. And I realized I didn't answer your actual question, which was about how did I get started in a specific thing. So back when my oldest was, a, when she turned one, like Instagram wasn't a thing. Like this wasn't that long ago, but like there was no Instagram. There were no websites for little kids. There was baby food, there was big kid food, and the big kid food was, I remember I bought like a kid's lunch cookbook, and like the first three recipes I made were choking hazards for my one-year-old, and she couldn't eat them. Like they were too crunchy, there was something that had like something that was hard and round, and I was like, this is not, like where, like she, kids turn one, and they like they can eat honey, they can have dairy, like milk, like they're, the rules change, but there were not nobody was creating recipes with them in mind. And so it seemed, so since I had worked as a food editor, I just was started documenting some things that I was doing. And so it's sort of like, I think a lot of bloggers, you know, 10, eight years ago started as a hobby and then it turned into a thing. So um, I didn't understand like anything about, like when I picked my name, I just thought it was fun. Like it was not like, oh, this is going to be my life for the next 50 years. Like it wasn't like that sort of a thing. I wasn't starting a business. Like it was, that was not the intention at that point. So. Well, I think you nailed it with the name because it narrows, it yeah. tells everyone what your niche is. And that's fantastic. So, right. <laughs> um, and lots of other uh, cookbooks and resources share or share information about those types of resources too, whether it's an ebook or your other books. Sure. So the printed cookbook is called busy little hands food play. And that's the book that I was talking about. That is a cookbook for little kids. And um, those pages are like wipe clean. It's very, it's meant to be used. Uh, so it's very 
kid. <laughs> it's appropriate for little kids. And then I had a handful of eBooks from um, a meal planning system that has four weeks of family meals for every meal of the day that has grocery lists and have like really smart tips on like one dinner every week makes enough so that you have a dinner the next week, but it's repurposed slightly so that you're not eating the same exact thing. So like chicken and rice becomes like chicken tacos or a lentil soup becomes like a lentil bolognese sauce or pasta. And there are, and then like I I'm very proud of the way that I did it. And I'm like, I'm never going to do this again because it was so much work. But um, so it would be like you buy one container of strawberries. Here are the two recipes you make with them so that you're not wasting. Like everything you're buying is used. Here's your bag of spinach and you're going to use it in these three ways. So um, that is like a complete system. And then there's a lunches ebook. There's a baby food ebook that is like my approach to starting solids, which is a combo approach of using purees and baby led weaning. And I have a snacks ebook that is almost ready, which is all of my best snacks. And I'm sure there's more that I'm forgetting. Yeah. How to relax about picky eating. That was another one. Those, those yeah. happy meals. I really want to dive into that. Cause that is, that is smart. Yeah. And that's what every, parent wants and needs to reuse the stuff in the fridge. So, <laughs> yeah. And I find myself like on weeks, like this week, we have another, we have a, we had a kid birthday last week. We have a kid birthday this week. And so I'm like, I'm, I grabbed that on Sunday and I was like, we're making these four dinners because I don't have to think. And I know that they're easy. And we made one last night we hadn't had in a while. And it was like 18 minutes total. And everyone liked it or everyone like, liked it enough that nobody complained. Um, and there were leftovers from my husband's lunch today. So it was like, like this, I'm glad I have this. Checking every box off as a win. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, when did the business kind of take that turn and start to really drive in your audience? Um, so I would say probably last spring, but there was a big shift. Um, my traffic tripled last year and I think it was a combination of my just having a better understanding of what type of content does well for me. Um, and also I think just the more that you do it, the, if you're following like Google's sort of path that they want you to take, um, it builds on itself. So it's, I think last year was a pivotal year, even though like I had no childcare in the spring, I like it was a crazy time. So it was, it was strange. Um, but I think that was, that was it. And then like January always seems like, I don't, I am, I know that everyone has like health focus in January, but I'm always surprised at how much it shows up in kids specific search results like the search volume is so much higher for certain things where it's just always impressive to me. Um, like kids smoothies go like insane in January when like a it's winter, uh, like, and you just wouldn't necessarily think that. So it's been, I think the longer I do this, the more I understand those patterns, but it is like, it's a lot of information to wrap your head around. And there's so much that I don't know. 
So I'm sure that in like five years, I mean, every year I'm like, how do I know and everything I know now when I started, like imagine. <laughs> um, but I think every blogger feels that way. Right. Uh, or maybe anyone who started a business. <laughs> just uh, get it going, start it off, and then I'll jump in two years later, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, build the base up for me. Um when yeah. you have a new recipe, is there a certain criteria that you try to check off in regarding in re- terms of nutrition? Um, not really. Okay. Honestly, uh, I try to include ingredients that are accessible at most grocery stores. Um, I try to include what would be like quote unquote healthy ingredients, but I don't. I mean, I look at the nutrition information because I want, like, if the sodium is really high or, but I don't, I honestly don't stress about it very much because I think that this is one thing that someone is going to make in the overall mix of what they're eating. And I don't know what else they're eating. And this tastes good. (laughs) And the recipe works and it's appropriate for small kids. I mean, I do keep an eye on sugar because mostly because I don't like things tasting crazy sweet just from a taste buds perspective. And I think that it is possible to make really great tasting things like baked goods without as much sugar as a conventional recipe would have. But I am like by no means trying to get it as well as possible. And that has changed a bit over the years. I didn't necessarily start out that way. I was much more anxious about it um, in the early years. Yes. Um, I asked that question because I, I see in your recipes that one, you make it simple. Two, you provide a lot of good nutrition in there, fruits and vegetables, whole grains, all the above. And then three, um, less added sugar, or I should say the minimal amount of sugar. And you nailed all those mm-hmm. in there as well. And so that's why um, I asked I ask that question just because I see the recipes yeah. and I'm like, oh yeah, because I mean, have you ever looked at a banana bread recipe and you're like, that much sugar and it yeah. says healthy on it? I know, <laughs> I know, right. And it's, yeah, it's like, but could I make that with less and would it still taste as good? Um, and a lot of times the answer is yes. And so- it's been like kind of fun to just experiment. But I think with the, with like including fruits and vegetables, like I want, like I want to include them in lots of things because I want kids to be familiar with them. And I don't want it to be like this food that's off on the side. Like I want it to be a normal part of lots of recipes and lots of meals and not have it like to help break down the fear a little bit and just have it. It's just a carrot. Like, Sometimes we put carrots in muffins. Sometimes we put carrots in oatmeal. Sometimes we slice them up. Like, um, and so I think by I think by not really focusing on the nutrition and focusing more on like this tastes good, that's m- more age appropriate, and it's just like an easier sell, um, really. Right. Um, that book reminds me of of like 10 years ago, Deceptively Delicious, I think it was, where they like hid okay. all kinds of veggies in right. a book. And 
um, yeah, I think we're turning that kind of key of, yes, we can have it here, but we can also have it fresh or frozen or uh, all these different types and varieties of, of enjoying them because each kid is different. Mm-hmm. Right. Are you out of any ideas? Because it seems like you've covered just about everything on your website. How do you keep coming up with new stuff? <laughs> um, I no, my husband asked me that question a lot. He's like, aren't you going to like hit capacity with like the ideas? I'm like, if you could look at my spreadsheet with, so right now I have the next two months, um, my content calendar filled out the next, yeah, every day of the week, which I'm not going to be able to do. Usually I do six posts a week. So that's like too many. So some of them are going to shift. And then there's just, there's like endless, <laughs> like the, um, the amount of, like the amount of ideas and recipes and topics that are out there. Like it is just, it's really never, never ending. So I think the thing, like there's always more competition and so it can always get harder to um, have anyone see your content. But I don't know that I, I mean, maybe talk to me in like 10 years, but like for right now, I'm like, I can't even get the stuff done that I want to. <laughs> so, yeah. So I guess it's a good problem to have. That's a great problem. Um, you come yeah. from a magazine background uh, did you have any culinary experience or did that just kind of grow within the platform? Um, I don't have any professional culinary experience um, uh, other than like editing other people's recipes and working closely with the test kitchen at Meredith who like doing better homes and gardens recipes for their special interest titles and like really understanding how to write a recipe, how to, when a recipe isn't quite working, like the things you can look at to change. And so I spent a year specifically working on recipe editing. And so that really deepened my understanding of that. But um, mostly I come from a family of people who really like to eat. And I, uh, my grandfather had a meat market and all of my mom's family cooks. And so so it was like I grew up cooking. Like in high school, we would like have a beach house, and I would stay in the house and cook dinner. Like um, so, that was sort of like in college, I would be in my dorm room with like my rice cooker and like all of my stuff and like like cooking things in the microwave because I thought that my food was better than a cafeteria. Which now I'm sort of like I'm not sure that was true, <laughs> um, but I've always been. I think I just was like I want to have a say in this, and I loved. Like I worked at Whole Foods and I loved being involved with it. So well, you definitely, I liked going grocery shopping even when I was like 19. Um, you definitely have the experience, especially in the, in the test kitchen. I feel like that is prime experience to uh, make the motions going in this type of world for sure. So mm-hmm. um, I think the last time my husband, well, the last time my husband and I ever went somewhere was like five years ago. We went to New York and I was like, can we go see all these grocery stores? You know, because that's what I wanted to see. <laughs> I want to see what different foods they had. So, yeah, I get you on that part. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, what do you love about your profession? Um, I think that there's like endless possibilities. Like I could 
start whatever I wanted. Like uh, there's, I mean, I think the way that people have online businesses now, I'm like in some ways it's overwhelming because you could have a course or have a thing, like you could have all these things. Um, but I think that it is, it's very cool to be able to do that. I think I like, you know, I like being an example for my kids that I have a job, but I am also here and that, that my job, you know, we talk about how like my hobby turned into my job and how that doesn't always happen. And some people don't actually want that to happen. And so, you know, we talk about all of the options that you have when you think, when you're thinking about what you want to do after you're done with school. And so, um, but I think, so I think it's like the endless challenge of everything. And then also just hearing from real people and I, mainly my goal, whether you make one of my recipes or not, like I want you to feel reassured. I want you to feel like you're not failing. You are doing the best that you can be doing with whatever energy, time, ingredients you might have and that you like come away from whatever, wherever you're engaging with me, like feeling just a little bit better. Um, and I, you know, I, not every piece of content can do that. And people come with their own views on things, but that is my overall goal because there's so much guilt and anxiety and stress around food and feeding our kids that I really just want to help people relax and realize that it's like not that big of a deal. Uh, and that you can have a great family dinner, even if your toddler doesn't eat anything. <laughs> um. I just came up with some good merch for you. You could just put relax and then yummy toddler. Food. Yeah. <laughs> right. You'll be selling those t-shirts to all moms out there. Right. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, do your kids know what a big deal mom is when they see like your cookbook, for example, does it set in like mom made this? No, they don't really care. <laughs> they, um, I mean, they like, they <laughs> There was one time that they were recognized in a bookstore, which was like a little bit weird. Um, and, but you know, like most of what I do is through a computer screen. And I think like in the grand scheme of like influencers, I'm like small potatoes, <laughs> but, um, but I do think they like, um, I, you know, I do like mostly what I, what my middle kid cared about with my cookbook was that she had her own copy. Like it wasn't that that it was my cookbook. It was like, she just wanted it for her. It's like wherever it came from. So. I very humble in saying you're just a minor influence with 271,000 <laughs> followers right now. So <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's in the minor category, honey. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, so the last time I went to Whole Foods, so I occasionally will drive to Whole Foods as like a treat for myself and the cheese, the well, there was a woman working in the cheese department and she was like, yummy toddler food. My daughter loves your granola bars. And I was like, that's weird. I was like, I'm glad I like barely put together. That's so awesome though. But that's like, you know, that's like an hour from my house. Um, so that was like probably my the one experience where I was like, okay, I am online a lot. <laughs> so. um, your cookbook just came out last fall, was it? Mm-hmm. in November. Uh, tell us briefly on the process of, of that. I'm getting that into play. Or was that just like, like here, I have all I this. Remember? It's all ready to go. 
No, it was, um, I was working with my agent trying to pitch a cookbook and we talked to someone who wanted this specific thing. So this was not something that I had ever thought about doing. Um, but my editor has a very successful series of books called um, Cooking Class and Baking Class. And there's a global one. And so she wanted like the little sibling to her books. So, she, so her books are for like, five to 12 and she wanted the book for three to five year olds. So that was how that worked. And I think our initial conversations were like right after I was, I think I was pregnant with my third kid. So it was like 2018 and it was published in 2020. So book publishing is slow. And, um, so I don't know that I would like write another kid's cookbook. I'm pitching cookbooks right now that are not for kids or for parents. So we'll see if anything happens. Great. Has that been, has that been on the to-do list or like the bucket list, I should say for, for, for goals for you? Um, writing a regular cookbook. You know, it's, like from a business perspective, unless you are gigantic and a celebrity, writing a cookbook is not a great way to make money. And when I look at the amount of time it takes, and this might sound cynical, but this is the truth. If I look at the number of recipes that an editor wants, like I turned down, I turned down like five cookbook offers because they just were ridiculous in how much they were going to pay in the time turnaround. So if I look at the number of recipes that they need in the cookbook. I look at what I could earn if they were on my website. Usually there's no comparison. It always makes more sense to have them on my website. But as far as brand exposure goes, it could be very great to have a real cookbook. So my goal has been to wait until I'm big enough. Um, And I don't know if I'm there yet. Um, As far as traffic and like followers go, that I could work with a big enough publisher that it might be worth it for me to get more brand exposure by having a regular cookbook. So it's, it's, it's a different, it's different math for everyone who is considering this, but they are very labor intensive. They take a lot of time and it's so much content uh, that, and previously, like, I don't even think I could have pulled it off. Like there's no way I could have done it in 2020 with the amount of childcare that I have but you typically have like six months to write like a hundred to 150 recipes. And you know, that means a lot of people aren't testing them thoroughly or there are not photos with every recipe. Like there's, there's a lot of, (laughs) there's a lot of nuance in the way that um, the book publishing industry works. So hopefully there will be an opportunity that um, meets the criteria I'm looking for and that like delivers a really great resource for people. We'll see. If it doesn't happen, it's not like I'm not going to be heartbroken. And you just had your third baby, so you're like, oh yeah, I'll have a cookbook too, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. um, and you had a very uh, wonderful podcast, uh, Comfort Food. I just drew a little blank there, mm-hmm. um, where you uh, featured dietitians and other health professionals and really just focus in on kind of this intuitive eating, I would say, but also providing uh, wholesome nutrition for the entire family. Um, 
tell us a little bit about that. And you you took a little hiatus. Is that going to get back going or what's the plans for that? So that was, um, so I did that with my best friend who is a health journalist and um, she, so we were a good pair um, and we did it for almost two years. And it is, this is again where it's like, so last year we had to put it on hiatus in the spring because neither of us had full-time childcare. I still don't have full-time childcare and I couldn't swing the time. Like I just, there wasn't enough time. And then, It is incredibly difficult, as you may know, to grow a podcast to the point that it um, not only pays for itself, but also pays you for your time. And so with the various demands that we had on our businesses individually, um, I, at this point we have no plans to bring it back because like we're doing very well in our own lanes and we really liked doing it together, but it didn't necessarily um, like it was sort of like a way for us to hang out, but there was no real way to monetize it. You know, that would have made it worth the like four to five hours it took every week to do it because like writing the show notes was my job. And that's not a fast thing because you have to have the images and you have to make the pins and you have to like do all the stuff. And so, um, yeah, so unfortunately, that's not, it's probably not going to come back, but it was, I think it did, it was good for me because it deepened my understanding of all of the other stuff that impacts the way that we eat and the way that we feed our kids, as far as, like you mentioned, intuitive eating and the way that we think about our bodies and the way that we talk about food um, and sort of the cultural implications of, like, the diet and wellness industry and all of those. Um, so, you know, when that podcast will always be there. You can always find it in iTunes if you just Google um, comfort food and you can listen to the old episodes. Um, so it was a good project for as long as it lasted. I love that. I've been going back and listening to episodes and s- some of the registered dietitians you had on there are like ones that I absolutely love and follow. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they talked to her. Like mm-hmm. Milk and Honey and a couple other ones that I can't yeah. remember right now. But yeah, it was it was great information. So you can just keep on being a guest on everybody else's podcast and share yeah. your stuff. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. We'll hit on the closing questions. If you were in a TV show, which one would you be in? <laughs> I really don't watch TV. <laughs> think I can answer that question. I don't know, a cooking show? <laughs> that sounds great. You know, I would love to be on, um, have you seen the show, Nadia? I think she has a couple shows. It's like Nadia Bakes or Nadia Cooks. She is based in London, I believe. Okay. I would like to be, like hang out with her. Okay. She's very cool. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite feel-good food? Uh, I'm not sure how to answer that question. If I was going to like choose a meal that I really love, um, it would be like a chopped salad and like a side of French fries. <laughs> that sounds great. That's right up my alley too. Yeah. <laughs> Best or latest book you have read? I just finished the new um, Jennifer Weiner book that is called That Summer. And it's very good. The last line is incredibly cheesy, but other than that, I have no complaints. It was a great read. I read it in like three days. It was, it was very good. Awesome. 
Okay, I'll put that one on my list. Amy, I won't take up any more of your time, but I am so honored to have you on this podcast and for you to say, yeah, sure, I'll be on. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my gosh. <laughs> I greatly appreciate it. And um, I, my whole mission with this podcast is just to share more resources to everyone and help clear the clutter of nutrition and make it easy. And that is exactly what you do. So I thank you so much. Thank you for having me. What a fun conversation with Amy. I just loved it. I cannot thank her enough for sharing her story. She is doing such an amazing job in social media, eBooks, website, and everything in between. But as you can see, she is extremely humble and passionate about keeping mealtime drama-free but yet made with nutritious food for the little ones and the entire family. Share this episode with a friend and thank you so much for joining me on the Daily Dietitian Podcast.